Turn with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 21. God has a great word for you this morning, so I'm excited for that as well. Matthew chapter 21, verse number 1. You could follow along on the, on the screen as well. Here we go. Matthew 21, verse 1. It reads like this. It says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this beautiful day that you have made. And Father, we be careful, Lord, to give you all the honor and all the glory. Lord, help us not only to be hearers, but doers of your word, to put it into practice in our lives, that we will be imitators of you. And Father, as you are doing a great work within our lives, Lord, we know that we are not perfect. There is only one who is perfect, and that is Jesus Christ, your son. Father, but you are doing a great work within our lives each and every day as you are preparing us for our home. For we know this is not our home. We're just visitors. We're just passing through. Lord, help us to be a light. Help us to be a reflection of you in our lives. We know that you can help us do that. We pray this. We thank you for this wonderful honor and privilege. And in Jesus' name, we pray the church says, amen and amen. How I many know it is a privilege to be here this morning? Isn't it? It's a privilege. Thank God for his grace. In England, the queen has what they call the queen's guards. If you get too close to these guards, or if you get in their way, they will forcibly move you. There's some videos on the internet of this exact thing happening. You have this tourist, this guy has a big old camera on him, and he's right in the middle of the street, and the queen's guard is coming down the street. They're marching. They're marching in unison. And when, when they see him not moving, and as they get closer, they say, make way for the queen's guards, real loud. And they keep repeating it. The guy is not moving. All of a sudden, 
they just trample this guy over and he falls to the floor. And it's interesting because they made mention of what they were doing. They said it very loud. They made it very clear as to them coming through. I entitled this message this morning, Make Way. Make Way. This Sunday being Palm Sunday, we know our Lord's triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And as they put the palm branches on the ground, as they laid their garments on the ground, as he entered the city, Jesus came in and was greeted like a king, but a king without all the and it was something it was something to see i'm sure i want to look this morning at a few ways that we can make way for the lord in our lives what god is calling us to do so that we don't get trampled over amen we don't get caught up in the mix. Well, I, didn't, I didn't know that was happening. No, you know that was happening because God has given you a message this morning. Amen. God wants you to make way for his, for his coming. Number one is make way for his presence. Make way for his presence. And we find this in verse 8 of our text in Matthew 21. And it says, And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Going quite a ways. Because the Bible says that John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus' coming. The prophet Isaiah writes this in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. says, listen. It's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. You see, John was no cookie-cutter man. He certainly did not care about his appearance or what others may have thought about him. See, the Bible says that John chose to clothe himself with, with, a, with some garments made of camel hair. Now, I know that may, sound, that may sound cool to some of you, but I'm sure it wasn't like today's fur coats. It didn't have the same quality or maybe same comfort uh, that you would experience wearing uh, uh, something like that today. It wasn't for looks. See, John was a rugged man. The Bible says that his choice of food was locusts. I don't know of anybody here who would opt to eat those kind of bugs. It doesn't even sound appealing. And I think, well, why wouldn't God choose someone who was more put together? Because can you imagine, can you imagine being at, there at that time and seeing John, seeing John in his, in his camel hair clothes, seeing him chowing down on locusts, you know, he probably had some legs hanging out of his mouth, 
you know, while he's talking to you. And you're like, dude, what's wrong with you? Do you realize what you're doing? Like, you, like, can't you find some real clothes like the rest of us? Come on, man, look civilized. You look like a beast. And you're over here paving the way for God? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, John. You're a crazy man. There's no way that I would follow someone like you. So wouldn't you think, well, why wouldn't God choose someone else? Why wouldn't God choose someone who was, who was, you know, who had this, you know, charisma? Someone who spoke eloquently. Someone who had all these years of schooling. They were good looking. Someone that people would just want to follow. Why wouldn't God choose someone like that? You know, it says a lot about who God is. It really does. Because, you see, God is more concerned with the inward obedience than the outward appearance. Isn't he? Isn't he? God doesn't care what you see on the outside or what others see on the outside. God cares what's on the inside. God says, don't worry about how so-and-so looks. They're my, they're my child. And you're like, well, that doesn't look like your child. And then God says, well, how do you know? Do you even know what my child even looks like? Because here he is, here she is, and you can't even recognize them. Wow. Whew. God, help us. God, help us not to judge based upon appearance. Thank God that he doesn't base off of appearance. Thank God that he looks at the heart, amen? He looks at the heart. Matthew 3, 3, Matthew writes, Matthew reminds of Isaiah's writings, and he says this, he says, the prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is the voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. And I could picture John, because we, we already came to a conclusion that John didn't care about what, what other people thought. So we know that when, when John was given the task of preparing the way for Jesus Christ, he didn't care who he offended. He didn't care who he mowed down, Right? He was like those queen's guards and says, make way, make way. If you're in the way, I'm mowing you down right now. And I don't mean to be rude. I don't mean to be mean, but I gave you a fair warning. John says, make way because the king of kings is coming through. See, you do these palm branches and you do these, you know, laying the garment and all these other practices. You do this for kings that win battles. But guess what? My, my, my Lord is the king of kings and he is about to win the ultimate battle for you and I. So make way for him. See, on Palm Sunday, there was, a, there was preparation for Jesus is coming. The Bible says that they laid the garments down, they laid the palm branches down for Jesus, and Jesus rode through town in the manner of, of, of which 
kings were accustomed to ride, but like, as I mentioned, without all that pride that you would see man carrying. Instead, he rolled in in humbleness. He rolled in, in a, on, a, on a young donkey. Casting of tree branches was a way that conquerors and princes were often honored. It was an emblem of joy and, and of victory. What a joyous time it was as our victor rode through Jerusalem that day. And just as John made way for Jesus' coming to earth, we must make way for Jesus' second coming. Because we know he's coming back for his church, isn't he? Isn't he? How many of you believe that? That Jesus is coming back? See, but it doesn't matter if we believe it or not, it's still going to happen. Just because someone chooses not to believe doesn't mean that God's going to change his mind. God says, I'm still sending my son. You have a choice. You have a choice. John's yelling, make way. My children today are yelling, make way. If you're staying in the way, then guess what? You've been warned. Because Jesus is coming back. We are living in the last days. Right is called wrong and wrong is called right. Good is called evil and evil is called good. This is the days we're living in. It should sadden you. It should, it should bring you to, to prayer. It should bring you to a place where, where, where it hurts your heart to see all those who are lost and are heading to hell. Because the Bible says you serve one master. You can't serve two. Right? You only got, you only got one butt that you can sit on one horse, right? You can't sit on two horses. That was from a movie I got. You got to choose. You got to choose. We pray for our nation that they would come to their knees, that they would come to a place of repentance. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. And all every knee will bow at the at the name and at the feet Jesus. Every knee will bow. Make way. Make way. What are we doing to prepare ourselves? What are we doing to prepare others for this definite appointment? See, people get alarm systems. They, they, they get them for their house. They get them for their car. But what good are these systems of protection if you leave your doors open, right? You could have the world's best alarm system on your house, but if you leave the door open, you've just allowed anyone who wants to come into your house and take what is yours. But yet many times we do this in our spiritual lives. When we open the door to sin, when we open the door uh, to, to, oh, you know what? Uh, this ain't that bad. 
and we open it to compromise. And we say, you know what? This isn't, this isn't in the Bible. I can do this. Don't do this. Don't play with sin. Because there is an enemy that isn't playing around. You see, these little doors that we open in our lives lead to, lead to, uh, lead to greater things and lead us to a place of bondage to sin and leading you to a place of, how did I get here? How did I get here? Because you left that door open. Because we didn't, because we didn't see the importance of closing that one thing in our life. We thought, what is the harm? What is so bad? We close those doors, amen? If there's any doors that are open in your life, any doors to worry, any doors to doubt, any doors to fear, any doors to unbelief, any doors to sin, Close those doors in your life, amen? Close them once and for all and say, no, 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 we're not having this. We're not having this in my house. We close the doors in my house. We have protection in my house. Uh, God, is, God is protecting us, amen? And I'm gonna do whatever, whatever I have to do to keep those doors closed in my life, in my kid's life, in my grandkid's life. Anyway, you ain't coming in. we make way for his presence how are we preparing for Jesus's return are we preparing our lives because the Bible says that we are a temple of God our body is a temple of God what are you doing to prepare that temple for the Lord's presence have you cleaned up you know, whenever you invite guests to your house, you clean up. You know, even, even if it isn't, you know, you know, someone, you know, famous, you just have a couple of people over and you clean your house. Well, what are we doing in our own lives to invite the presence of God to dwell within this temple? Not only do we need to make way for his presence, but we need to make way for his instruction. In Matthew 21, verse 2, of what we read, it says, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them, loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately... He will send them. Now, Jesus gave two of his disciples an order. To go into the city, he told them where he would actually find this donkey and her colt. He said, then you will find them tied up, and you are to untie them. And, and, if, and, and someone may approach you as to what you are doing, and you tell them that I am taking them for the Lord. And Jesus says, and, and he or she will let you have them. 
Now, is it just me, or does that sound pretty out there? Okay, you want me to go into town and steal someone's donkey? And then when they catch me stealing the donkey, you want me to tell them that, the, that your donkeys, sir or ma'am, are for the Lord. And that that person is just going to let me have them? This is what you're telling me. You're serious right now. You're not messing with me. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Because many times we just read over stories and, and, and just, you know, oh, yeah, boom. They, they, they listened and, and, and all was good. Jesus loved them and, you know, they were blessed. But how about the process of obedience? How about the whole time when those two had to decide for themselves what they were going to do? Because they're not robots. They had a choice of yes or no when Jesus asked them to do that. But they decided to be obedient. They decided to trust God, to trust Jesus, and, and do what he was asking them to do. And you know what gets me even more? is the person who allowed that to happen. Because yes, the disciples had to go into town and get these donkeys and confront this person who was going to see them doing it, and the person had to uh, release these animals to them. How about that individual? He also had a decision to make. He also had to say, you know what? I believe what these men are saying. I believe that they are truly taking my animals for the Lord. So you know what? I'm going to release them. I'm going to let you guys have them. See, the Bible doesn't say that the guy, you know, uh, uh, owed Jesus a favor. <laughs> you know, he didn't say like, you know, hey, there's this guy in town and he owes me some money. So you know what? Go ahead and go take his donkeys. If, if he confronts you, you know, just tell him, well, you know, you know why, right? You know Jesus, you owe him money. This is payback. It's not what happened. They didn't have to threaten the man. They didn't have to beat him up. He chose to give it. You have two parties here that, are, that chose obedience. This is interesting here. Two parties that chose obedience. They decided to say yes. See, we need to make the way for his instruction in our lives. We need to choose obedience in our lives. Because what if God calls you to do something like that? Something that is, something that is out of the ordinary. Something that, that you just look at and you think, well, that's, that's, that can't be God. That can't be God calling me to do that. Because it doesn't even sound right. It doesn't even sound like something I would do. So that can't be God. It's out of my comfort zone. So it can't be God. I'm not able to do that. So it can't be God. I didn't practice for this. So it can't be God. I have no helpers to get this, to, 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 to make this successful, so it can't be God. So many things that we can look at in our lives where God calls us. 
and we can try to use our own thinking to make sense. I mean, they're like, God's ways are not our ways. Amen? His ways are not our ways. Leviticus 23, I'm sorry, 26, verse 3, says, If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you the seasonal rains. The land will then yield its crops, and the trees of the field will produce their fruit. What is, what is God saying here? He's saying that if you are obedient to my commands, then you will bear fruit. You will be blessed. You will be rewarded. You see, God knows what he's doing. He's called us to be patient. He knows what's best for us. God can see the end results, even though we can't. That's why we have to trust in him. See, God in his grace will make a way for us to get through those things that seem impossible to us. He does this every single day in our lives. Issues that we face that seem impossible. Spiritual walls that are in front of us that seem impossible. It isn't our question, it isn't our job to question, but now we're just learning to trust him, amen, aren't we? We're just learning to trust God. Make way for his instruction. Lastly, make way for his glory. In verse 9 of Matthew 21, it says, Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. See, that word Hosanna means to save now. And it's used with a sense of urgency. It also means rescuer. So you can see where that's going. So when they say, Hosanna in the highest, what they're saying is, rescuer, savior, come because we know that you are the greatest and there is none like you and no one has the power like you and come and rescue us. Hosanna in the highest. See, there was urgency in John's life and in his words. As it says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 7, it says, But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. He says, You brood of snakes, who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. John says, that means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. You see, John was saying, you love God with your lips, but your life shows something different. So he says, choose today whom you will serve. 
Because I'm sure, I'm sure the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, these are the religious leaders of the time, were looking at John in his, in his camel hair suit, and he's eating locusts, and they're looking at him, and they're thinking, this guy's a crazy man. This guy's crazy. He's lost it. And here he is rebuking us. Who does he think he is? Does he know who we are? Does he know the power that we have? And all the while, old rugged John, because he don't care what anyone thinks, he looks at them and he's probably thinking, oh, geez, I feel so sorry for you because if you only knew the power of Jesus Christ, if you only knew what it means to be a true follower of God. I have pity on you because the way you're living only ends in destruction. So he says, choose today whom you're going to serve because what you say and what you show are two different things. See, but John was a man who humbled himself and submitted himself unto Jesus. Solomon writes this in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. He says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. You see, God has called us to make way. Make way, as he has called John. Make way for my coming, because I'm coming back for my church. And you need to be ready. You've been warned. You've been told that I'm coming back. What have you done? Have you prepared yourself? You see, because God, God wishes that none would perish. God sent his son so that all can receive. Not just a few. Not just a few. But you have to believe. But the choice is ours. The choice is yours. And God says, I hope that all would come to receive my son. I hope that all would come to an understanding that I am the creator. That apart from me, apart from me, there is no purpose. That you will only see fruit in your life when you are connected to the vine. And that you would come to know why you were created in the first place when you submit yourself unto him. When you make way in your life for his presence, when you make way in your life uh, for, for his instruction and you choose to obey God, and you say, you know what, God, uh, you know, th th there's times in my life where I don't want to obey. You know, there's times in my life where I want to do my own thing. Lord, but you know what? I'm going to commit to making way in my life to be obedient to you today. I'm going to choose to do that today. Even though, I, even, though, even though my flesh doesn't want to, you know what? I'm going to put that chump aside, and I'm going to do what you have called me to do. And prepare the way for his instruction. 
and prepare the way for His glory. The Bible says they praised Him. All glory goes to God, right? All glory goes to God. You know, it saddens me when people try to promote themselves. They use, they use their name on the ministries. What is that about? Is it, it isn't our ministry, it's God's ministry. Don't put your name on anything. Put God's name on everything. What is your real purpose for doing what you're doing? Is it to promote yourself or is it to promote God? You need to look at these things, church. See, whatever, whatever just sounds good doesn't mean that it's from God. The enemy has things that sound good too. They're going to sound good to your flesh. Oh, I, I need that. I need that in my life. No, you don't. You need God. You need to, you need to draw closer to him because the Bible says he will draw closer to you. And that's what you need in your life. That's what you need. As the worship team comes forward this morning. Make way in your life for God to work through you. That's his plan, to work through you. We're just vessels. We're just broken vessels. That's all we are. We can't make it on our own. We can't hold things on our own. What happens when we try to hold on to things? We lose them, don't we? When we say, oh, you know what, I, 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 I can't lose this, and we try on our own strength to keep it, we end up losing it. That's why the Bible says to store your treasures in heaven. Trust in him, put things in his hands. Put your life in his hands. Why? Because it won't be lost. And we make way for the Lord. We make way for the Lord in our lives. We make way for the Lord in this nation. See, the Bible says that, that he will bring healing to the nation if what? If you cry out to him. If you surrender yourself to him. If you fall to your knees and say, God, I am not worthy. He will, heal your, he will heal your land. We live in a world that needs a desperate need of healing. Desperate need of healing. And you and I have the answer. You and I have the answer. I want to read to you what we're making way for in Psalm 91. It says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers, and he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Don't be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. 
Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, you will make the most high your shelter. If you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Church, we need to make way for the Lord. We need to make way for the Lord in our lives. We need to make way for the Lord in this nation. God has called you. God has called you and I to do this. A big task, yes. But he is with us. Don't forget that. He's with you. Don't be afraid. Why? Because God is with you. Greater is he that lives in us than he that lives in this world. You have to remember that. You have to hold on to that. That's going to keep you moving forward in boldness and in courage, amen? And you walk in authority. And you walk in that courage. And you bind that fear. And you keep moving forward. Why? Because God has given you a mission. And you are going to fulfill that in Jesus' name, amen? Hallelujah. Let's give God praise one more time this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Great are you, Lord. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.